it's that time again. Go I.O. Go podcast number 10. I'm your host, Jeff Fry. Today we've got a special podcast for you. We're going to do a cowboy roundtable. That's right, a cowboy roundtable because we had a bye week. Don't have any game to talk about. So, why don't we get right into that and listen to the Cowboy Roundtable. Alright, Go I.O. Go uh, fans. We've got a special podcast for you tonight. Uh, Podcast number 10 is going to consist of a Cowboy Roundtable since we had the bye week. I have a collection of August and esteemed cowboy fans. Joining us is Jim Anest. He's from Parker, Colorado. He's uh, been with uh, a Wyoming fan since the early uh, early days. I uh, went to school there from uh, 73, 80. He's been a fan since uh, he was eight years old. He says this is your 54th year uh, and you're from Parker. Uh, welcome, Jim. Thank you, Jeff. It's great to be here on on this panel with these esteemed cowboy fans. I tell you, isn't it something? And uh, we have Joe Macheski here. He's uh, went to his first Wyoming basketball game back in 1981, uh, and when uh, Tony Martin was making dunks, uh, graduated from UW in 01. And you're over in Cheyenne, right, Joe? I am in Cheyenne, yep. Well, welcome, Joe. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. We have uh, Tracy Ringlesby, a noted baseball writer, uh, probably one of the more famous uh, Wyoming sports figures around. Uh, he's living in Cheyenne, but uh, he has spent a career covering uh, Major League Baseball and was also inducted into the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame Writers Wing. He's also a um, Cowboy Joe board of director and a big Cowboy fan. He makes most of the games every year. Uh, welcome, Tracy. Hey, good to talk to you guys. It's uh, it's always fun to talk Cowboys, fifth generation in Laramie County, so been around a little while. Yeah, you've been there a couple of days. Yep, that's for sure. And also, uh, last but not least, uh, Ian McMacken, the uh, publisher of Go I O Go. He lives down there in Denver. He's originally from uh, Douglas, Wyoming, graduated from Wyoming in 1996, uh, lives down there in Denver, and uh, as you know, uh, he runs the Go I.O. Go uh, website. Uh, welcome, Ian. Thank you for joining us. Glad coming in, uh, Jeff. I'm glad it's... Okay. All right. So, okay, guys, let's get started here. Uh, as you know, um, we've been kind of restlessly waiting. I was talking to Jim before the show and talking about uh, how... Uh, how bye weeks are kind of a pain for uh, the fans, but it's kind of good for um, the team, in my estimation. Um, well, let's just go around the horn, starting with you, Jim. Uh, give me your uh, assessment of the first half of uh, Wyoming's uh, season. Well, I have to tell you, I'm pleasantly uh, surprised with uh, the outcome in the first six games. We know we're virtually one first down away from being a five and one team, but I'll definitely take where we're at at four and two. So I've, what I've seen is a resilient team, a team that plays hard. They're certainly faster, they're better, they're uh, more athletic, and it's just been a real pleasure to sit through these first six games and watch the Cowboys this year. How about you, Joe? I have to admit to being dumbfounded at what we've seen so far. I did not expect us to be four and two if I was being honest with myself and honest with all you fine folks. So I am very happily surprised. I think it's been a revelation to see how well the offensive and defensive lines have played. That's that's the piece that I was not expecting and uh, hoping it continues. I think it probably will. And how about you, Trace? Well, I think the biggest thing is uh... – even in the games that they've lost, I've seen uh, – you can see the improvement in the, in the building of this team with the athleticism, 
in the uh, the focus, and I and I think they've taken some approaches um, with their formations, both offensively and defensively, to really take advantage of the players they have. I mean, last last year was a tough year, but one thing you've seen in the first two years of the bowl era is I think our teams have been better at season's end than they were when the season started. So it kind of has me uh, a little bit excited about to see what might happen in the second half of the season. <clears throat> that even with the loss of Granderson, uh, they have some positive things to build off of, and I, I don't think they'll lose sight of that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, there are some uh, really good positive things. How about you, Ian? Um, what do you see from the first uh, half of the year? Well, I think it's been great um, to see the program actually show some momentum after last year, uh, two wins. But I think a lot of us have been following the program, knew that there was going to be a incremental growth with the program, just going back on what Craig Bull has done at his previous stop. So we felt good that uh, the direction of the program, despite the two only two wins last year, the program was headed in the right direction. It was one of the youngest teams that Wyoming's had with last season. It was a very young football team and didn't take its bumps. And now with the year of maturity, uh, you're really starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, so right now the team's sitting at four and two. Um, excitement's growing, and there's a good chance that this, at a minimum, can be a bowl season and maybe something even better. Well, uh, I'm just going to throw this out to the crowd here. Anybody can answer first. Uh, what's been the highlight of the first six uh, games for you guys? Well, I think you got to start with Allen. I mean, and, and that's a double-edged sword, I suppose, because as long as he's taking the snaps under center, I think we're pretty dangerous against just about anybody from a G5 conference. If he happened to go down, like what we saw last year, uh, it could get real touchy real fast. And so as long as he's under center, I think we're in really good shape. And so, you know, we just got to keep him healthy. Would you say he's one of the better quarterbacks we've ever had? I think when you look at him and you look at his physical skills and his size, he's the most talented probably quarterback we've had that I can think back to the Wilkinson era. Whether he becomes the best quarterback or not will depend on how he grows the next few years. But as far as a kid that can, can run and pick up tough yardage, like he, those off-tackle plays in the last two games where he's had 16, 17 yards and moved ahead, I think that was huge. But he also – Look at his arm strength, his ability to throw downfield. I think that's a, a very much a positive that he can open up a game in a hurry either way. I think what's really encouraging with Josh is the fact that here after six games and 13 plays from last year, I don't think we've seen his A game yet. Um, you know, we've seen glimpses of some great things that he can do. We've seen his running ability. We've seen him make a few bad mistakes, but he's a player that is definitely maturing and getting better each and every game. And I don't know, I'm just feeling it in, in me somewhere that his A game may very well show up this Saturday night. And if that game shows up, the Wolf Pack will be in a world of hurt. <laughs> How about you, Ian? I think what Jim's saying is very close to what I'm about Josh Allen. He has not played his A game yet. He missed on two passes uh, for long scores that could have distanced Wyoming more over Air Force last week. I, I think his upside is tremendous. I think his upside is as good as any Wyoming quarterback we've had since I followed the program. And um, I believe his, his best games are for this season are right down the line. And I think when we start talking about the next couple of years, we're going to see some big uh, performances out of him. Oh, I agree. Um, him and Cup, him along with what the Lions doing for him, uh, they're protecting him pretty well. And then um, uh, he's got a really good stable of uh, performers there, particularly Brian Hill. Here's a guy that uh, is now over three thousand yards. He's the uh, career record holder. Uh, uh, I tell you, he's certainly a weapon. Well, I think, I think the line gets better because you have multiple facets to your offense that they can't tee off on Allen, they can't tee off on the running game. That makes the defense have to be a little more um, 
honest in, in its approach, so it automatically makes your offensive line a better line. I agree with that. Yeah, I can see that. I think we, you know, yeah. I've been hard on um, vegan and the staff. You, you know, I think we have seen some growth there, and I don't know if it's a function of the staff learning what play calling at this level is about, or if it's about them just gaining more trust in the players or a little bit of both. But, you know, Allen and Hill, and I think everybody has been helped out this year, at least since the Eastern Michigan game with the play calling, getting a lot more creative, uh, a little bit more aggressive, a, a lot less vanilla. So I think, you know, you got to give vegan some credit and I haven't been the first one to do that in the past, but, over the past few games, we're seeing different game plans than I think we saw over the first two years and three games of the bowl era. But enjoy. I really think, and I could be wrong on this, but I really think those first non-conference games, like including Eastern Michigan, I mean, they should have won that game, even with the game plan they had. They had four critical mistakes. Any one of those four isn't there, they win it. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't try to hold some things back until they got to the conference season. Because why give CSU and Air Force four weeks of studying your offensive approach to prepare for you? Why not catch them off guard when you feel like you should be able to win three of those four games anyhow? Yeah, and their performance against Nebraska was impressive. Uh, you know, that fourth quarter, uh, what I call the fourth quarter meltdown, uh, had it not been for that, um, they may not have won it, but uh, it would have been a lot closer game. So uh, with the, let's get back to Hill for a second. Um, I'm hoping that um, uh, he continues along on the path. Uh, I know that a lot of people are keying on him, but with that passing game, um, I think that uh, we're going to see, uh, uh, I'm hoping that we see Hill do a little more of the uh, uh, work to the outside so that we can get him in open space. I think you might see that this weekend, Jeff. Uh, if you look at, some of Nevada's uh, statistics on what they're doing against the run on their defensive line is is not very good. They're young and they're giving up a lot of yards. So I think you could see a big game for Brian Hill on Saturday night. And then if that happens, then oh my gosh, uh, Josh Allen will just simply pick apart the Nevada secondary with his passing. Uh, with uh, the presence of Brian Hill. If they can't stop Brian Hill, it's going to be a, a great night to be a Cowboy. Very good. I hope you're right. Well, uh, we're halfway through this season, and uh, now we've had the bye week, and we're going to come up on Nevada. And you, you've, you've touched on it, Jim. Uh, what are you, Let's go around the table. What do you think uh, – what are you foreseeing in the Nevada game, uh, Jim? Well, like I just mentioned, I, you know, I'm looking for a, um, for the offense really also to have their A game, and I think that's going to be as a direct result of what happens with Brian Hill. Uh, <clears throat> he has the ability to possibly in this game have another Fresno State game that he really hasn't duplicated since two years ago. He's had a lot of great games, but I see a potentially a Fresno State type of effort by him. I just, my view and looking at that defensive line of, of Nevada, looks like it could be one of those games for him. And once again, if that happens, just the, you know, the, the maturity that we have now in the wide receivers with both Gentry and Mulhart, and then you bring Alistair, and then the, what I'm really happy to see is the growth of these secondary receivers that are going to be so important in future years. But you can see the talent that is starting to just fill this roster. And then you throw in Austin Conway, and here's a kid that comes in out of nowhere, although we all knew that he was going to be probably a very good football player, but he comes in from the basketball program. And he's really provided an element to the Cowboy offense that we haven't seen for years. How about you, Joe? Oh, boy. Well, I, I, I feel my mind fighting against 30 years of watching Wyoming athletics um, because I want so badly for Wyoming to win so we have a sellout against Boise with so much on the line in that game. 
but I've seen us too many times come into these road contests and lay an egg for whatever reason. It just doesn't seem to work out. We'll see if we break through that. I, my gut is telling me we will. Uh, as long as we've got Allen with the big arm back there keeping everybody honest and Hill just pounding away the way he does, I think we've got a shot. So, honestly, I'm expecting us to go in and win, uh, but, man, is it tough being a Cowboy fan sometimes. It's hard to let go of some of this baggage, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Tracy? Well, I think the most important thing is that this team has to realize they haven't done anything yet. And they're going to have to go. This, this is a team that's going to be very angry when they get there. They haven't played well. Their coach is about to get fired. Um, they can either lay down and quit if we go in and smack them around early, or if we go in feeling too comfortable and too confident about the fact we're going to win and we don't we don't push the game early, this is a trap you could fall into and your whole season could start to fall apart. I don't think Ball, Big and Standard, the, the coaches, I think they, they understand what it takes to maintain that focus. They show that at North Dakota State where they continually didn't just beat teams, they ran over teams. But it's, it's going to be very important to get that mindset into, into such a young team that nothing's been accomplished until you've played your final game of the year. Ian? Well, I think Joe, Tracy, and Jim, I mean, they summarize feeling across the board, not to steal anything from all three of them. I think they all hit on some very good points. Um, I feel like with Cup, you know, I can understand the 40 years of losing or whatever we've uh, experienced, but I just feel like this is a new era of Wyoming football, and I think the track record of this coaching staff, the way they've recruited the players they brought in, I just think there's a new mentality being built here. And my gut, my gut is I think we'll, we'll play a great game on Saturday, and we're not going to fall back into the old traps of uh, the previous coaching staff. I think this team, um, as Jim pointed out, with Brian Hill's ability, we can what Brian Hill going as he, he has the capability having that big game. That's really going to open some things up. And this defense is playing well enough where they're going to make be able to make enough plays on a Nevada offense that has some talent there at receiver and running back that is not, uh, you know, a, a super prolific offense. So, you know, I, I think uh, it could be a big game. And I always like the two-week, the bye week. I think that always benefits the team on the bye week if it's played correctly. And teams usually come out with, with a lot of energy after that. Now, uh, at Bowles' uh, press conference, I believe after the Monday press conference after the Air Force game, one of the reporters asked, asked him if he thought this was a turning point. And uh, Bowl uh, flatly, flatly uh, put that idea down. He doesn't want to talk turning points, but we're fans. We can talk about it. So, uh, starting with you, Jim, uh, is this a turning point uh, game for the uh, Cowboys, or did they have their turning point? Do you think? Well, no, I don't think they've had their turning point. Um, I don't know that this is necessarily a, a turning point for the program. It might very well be a turning point for the season. Um, if if we win this game, which I fully expect that we will, you know, I believe that we could easily see a seven and five or possibly an eight and four season. Uh, if we lose the game, then you know I think we pick up another win, and we might pick up two to potentially get to bowl eligibility. But to win this game, you know, then we're talking about just like Joe said, we're going into Laramie with a 3-0 record, we're playing for the conference lead, we're going to have a huge crowd, we may very well sell out the war, uh, 30,000 and even have standing room only on the end zones. So it's a it's a huge game for the program. Uh, so if we win, it's I think it's a defining game for this season because it just sets everything in motion. We only have one win to pick up to obtain a, a, a bowl berth, and so that is huge in itself because certainly we can find one more win. Um, we probably will find at least two more. If we lose the game, this is a game we should win, and then finding those extra a couple wins might be much more difficult. How about you, Joe? Is there a turning point in the wind, or is this just a really important game? No, you know, I don't go for this whole it, it's shiny and new, so it's the most important thing ever. I think we got to wait on turning points until the season's over. I, 
we were all being pretty smart and saying we have to take this season as a whole before we make any judgments. And I, that's just as true now as it was back in August. So, you know, two years down the road, say the Pokes win, win on Saturday, they beat Boise State, we might look back and say, holy smokes, this was it. Or or we might not. You never know. As the wise man said, I guess we'll see. But it, it, it it's a big game. It's going to be a hell of a lot of fun, I can tell you that. I'm going to be pretty drunk. So, you know, what else do you need? Yeah, that's true. How about you, Tracy? Well, I don't like agreeing with Joe, but unfortunately I have to. It's, <laughs> it's a disappointment for me whenever that happens. But, not, you know, at turning point, we're supposed to win this game. We're favored to win this game. And if, if we go in and win a game that we're favored to win and we feel like that's a turning point, then that says something about the fact we haven't come anywhere yet. Turning points come with you. If they, if they win their last three home games – those are turning points. When you go in and beat the three teams that were supposed to be the best teams in the conference when the season started, those are turning points. When you beat a team that you're supposed to beat on the road and, you, and you're favored, which I don't know the last time we were favored in a conference game on the road, then I, I think you've accomplished what you're supposed to accomplish. And that's something to build off of, but that's nothing to say that the program's turned around. How about you, Ian? Yeah, I wouldn't say a turning point. I would look. I, I do feel like there's traction. I think the back-to-back win with Air Force and CSU were actually very big in terms of taking sort of the next step. But I agree with these guys. I don't think we've done the turning point because I hope we have very high expectations to where this program could be um, far, maybe farther than a lot of people realize down the road in a couple of years. So I think we still have a lot ways to go to get there. Coach Bowl says that. Yes, this team should be in a bowl game this year based on uh, the record right now. If they lose to Nevada and get upset, I'm still not going to roll out getting to the bowl game. But as it was referenced, the win over Nevada will set us up for potentially something much larger. So that that makes this game important. It's not a do-or-die game in terms of getting bowl eligibility, which is, I think, minimal for this season. But um, a big win. I like the idea of the, the talk of, you know, potentially having the war with 30,000 fans, really getting fans excited for this football program with a win like this. So that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. Well, I tell you what, uh, assuming a win uh, out in Reno, uh, coming into uh, Laramie, uh, we've never beaten Boise State as far as I know. And so um, uh, I would love to see that. I mean, it's going to be a tough game, but uh, what do you guys think? Is there... There's a chance if the Cowboys uh, come in uh, that uh, Reno win, do they got a chance against San Diego? Oh, not San Diego, excuse me, Boise. Boise looked awful mortal to me when I watched them against CSU. I know they got out to the big lead and it took some fluky onside kicks and stuff, but even when they were getting out to the lead, I didn't see much there that sent a chill down my spine. I I got to think they come in here for a 5 o'clock game you know, Boise's used to the big stage, so I don't think they're going to shy from that. But they've got a quarterback who doesn't have a lot of experience, and I think about the jolt that our guys might get from coming out in the war and seeing a crowd like that. Now, I think Boise might get their ass kicked. I like those. I like that. How about you, Jim? Well, <clears throat> to me, if we're assuming a Nevada win – I'm I'm going to have to say that uh, uh, it's going to be just a great game, and I'm just going to love sitting there in the stands and taking it all in because it might be uh, one of the best games that I've seen in the in the stadium for 30 or 40 years. So uh, let's get the Nevada win, and I'm just going to sit there in the stands and just take it all in. <laughs> How about you, Tracy? Well, I think there's a couple of things. Boise State's going to scare me until, until we start beating them on a regular basis because of, of the program they have. I think one thing, and, and I agree with Joe, when I watched them against CSU, I wasn't impressed. But I also have a feeling in the back of my mind, one, the weather was bad there. It was raining quite a bit. That, that changes the game a little bit. Two, they knew that they weren't going to have to come back on Thursday and play BYU. They knew they should beat CSU. I wonder if some of the focus might have been on this Thursday game against BYU. And in regards to this Thursday game, that means they're going to have to be on the 10th day when they play Wyoming. So they're going to have plenty of time to get some aches and pains worked out. Um, If Wyoming wins this weekend like I think they should, I also think when Boise comes to Laramie, 
they're going to be aware that they're going to have to play well to beat Wyoming. It's not going to be like the last few years where Wyoming's just a, a side a sideshow for them until they get onto bigger and better things. They'll, they'll be focused in on Wyoming. So I, I think it'll be a great challenge for Wyoming. Um, I think we have the type of offensive tools and defense that, that we can upset a team like Boise State. But uh, I'm not going to take – I'm not going to assume anything about beating a Boise State or San Diego State until we beat Boise State and San Diego State. Yeah, I tell you that – uh, those two uh, teams have uh, uh, really got a lockdown on the conference, or they've had. Um, Ian, what about you? Uh, I'm going to shift a little bit and ask you about San Diego State. Um, I know we're looking way out forward, but uh, between Boise State and San Diego State, uh, boy, that sure gives us a, a good shot at uh, the Mountain Division. Yeah, San Diego State um, watched them early in the year. I thought they were very close and comparable to Boise State, and they went to South Alabama and lost that game. So, again, there's that part of them that appears maybe they go up, come up to Laramie in, in November. Who knows how the weather's going to be up in Laramie and how they're going to play because I've seen some California teams come to Laramie not play very well. So I'd actually like our chances better against San Diego State than Boise State. I think Boise State's a very good football team. But, again, you know, they have a little letdown. Maybe we do have that 30,000 big crowd. At that point, you know, the team looks like they have the ability to really play up to a level the Wyoming Cowboys do, and maybe with some excitement with the fans. So, really two key games in there. Of course, we've got a couple winnable road games in there, too, that aren't necessarily totally winnable, but games that we would like at least get two out of three there, hopefully all of them. Well, I tell you, one of the teams uh, that uh, scares me a little bit is the um, New Mexico. Um, I think that uh, uh, their coach has got them uh, going in the right direction, and I, they're on the road, if I'm not mistaken, and it's the last game of the year. So um, who knows? Uh, that that could be a pivotal, pivotal, pivotal game. What do you all think? Well, I think New Mexico, they've done a good job of getting rebuilt and uh, putting their team back together. Uh, I don't think it's uh, – I don't think this is a New Mexico-type team we played four years ago. The Gibson kid is uh, is quite a running back. Unfortunately, uh, things didn't work out when they tried to recruit him to Wyoming because I, I think he could have really adds a lot of speed and excitement to an offense. But, uh, no, New, Me- New Mexico I think is always a challenge for Wyoming because I think there's a there's – a, a friendship rivalry there. I don't think it's like the hatred of the CSU with that, but I think the schools are so similar in a lot of what they've accomplished over the years that, that there's a there's a little bit of a, a motivation of a, of a friendly rivalry between the two. How about you, Joe? Well, I want to get something on the record first before I go too far. Just for karma purposes, I am not assuming a win at Nevada. If you had asked me before the year if we were going to go into Reno and beat Nevada, I'd say, ooh, that's a tough order. So, Listen, Karma, the cup is saying <laughs> this is not a sure thing, okay? Yep. Don't okay. bang away on my Cowboys over this. That said, uh, yeah, New Mexico, I don't know. They, The running back is good. You know, Davey has – he's put in that interesting sort of hybrid offensive system. But I got to be honest, if we beat Nevada and then we say we beat Boise, I think we're rolling at that point. Uh, I, I hate to look that far down the road. I'm impressed with San Diego State. I'm a, I think they're actually a little bit stronger, if you ask me, than than Boise, just because of Pumphrey. Uh, but that said, you know, I think I think that the conference is obviously down this year outside of Boise and San Diego State. So I would, I, I, after what I've seen the first few weeks, taking out the fourth quarter in Nebraska and Eastern Michigan, of course, I, I don't. I'm not scared of anybody else in the league. I'm I'm like you, Joe. I I think this team has the potential. They just have to believe in themselves and 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 they gotta they gotta perform. You know, they've got to make those plays. Um, like we saw in the, the last game, there was a, a couple of um, passes that were just fingertip too far, and uh, boy, we could have really blown them out of the water. So they need to make plays and they need to get their confidence going uh, even stronger. I think so. So now. Uh, uh, we're going to get even into a deeper thing here. Um, uh, since we're waxing all uh, philosophical and, and looking at the big picture, um, do I finally get to go to a bowl game this year? Joe? You'll have to ask your wife on that one. 
<laughs> well, okay. Um, yeah. Jeff, you already had your away game. <laughs> well, I, I told her, I said, if they ever make a bowl game, I'm going this time. So we'll see. <laughs> I don't know. It might be an unpopular opinion, but I don't really care. I think the bowl system is so corrupt and stupid. It's an afterthought for me, to be honest with you. Unless it was somewhere real fun like San Diego, you know, then I might pay a little attention. But uh, for me, it's all about the conference season and and playing with big stakes on the line against conference opponents. That's what I care about. Do I think we'll go to a bowl? I mean, hell, just about everybody goes to a bowl. Uh, So, yeah, I think we will at this point. I'd be real surprised if we didn't. Whether that matters uh, is an argument for a different day. What I hope is that we're in the mix for the conference coming down the stretch in late October. And and into November, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, Tracy, I think that we're in a shape right now that we have to assume this team's going to go to a bowl unless they let the season fall apart on them. I agree with Joe to agree that. I mean, I think it's great for this team to get to go to a bowl because that's a step forward from where we've been, and that re- that starts to rebuild the image that there's something to play for. Um, but. You know, more importantly than, than going to Albuquerque or Tucson or, or Boise or a place like that, if we don't go to a, to Vegas because, say, say Boise State goes on to bigger and better things or something, and so the Vegas Bowl opens up, or we don't go to San Diego, then I just think it, it's another bowl game. But what's more important is can we build off the – building off those games and, and put a run of bowl games together. You know, like, like when uh, we had that bowl game against Fresno State in Albuquerque, that was a heck of a that was a heck of a day. That was a great victory, but really it was meaningless because we didn't build off that. We didn't take that victory and take the next step, the next year, the next four years even. Um, and, and to me, that's more important than than going just for this year. How about you, Jim? Yeah, I agree with what Tracy said. It's really about building off of a, a presence at a bowl because you get the extra weeks of practice. But on top of that, I, I just think that Coach Bull understands building a program so much better, and he understands the impact of what a presence of a bowl bid will do for the program and how it helps recruiting and just on and on. He just grafts, grafts you know, what it's all about so much more than the prior staff did. So, yeah, I, you know, Going to a bowl game would be great, and I think it's it's necessary for the improvement of the program and the building of the program, and, and Coach Bull would certainly know how to leverage that in the best way, and so it is the recruiting that would uh, just spin off of that. So, um, I, you know, I agree with Joe. A lot of these bowls are just afterthoughts, but if we do go to a bowl, I certainly would like to go to one where we're playing like a pack, 12 team and I'd like to see us even go back to the future and I would love a matchup where we play Arizona State or Arizona and just see some of those old whack rivalry come back <laughs> and, um, and the presence in a game like that I think would be just huge for the recruiting of the for the program that's the real whack yeah, that's the yeah, that was the real whack. I was going to say in uh, 72 my freshman year I believe that's when uh we beat Arizona State with um, uh, Steve Cockerham. Uh, it was like a 45-43 game, but uh, they were like in the top 10. That was one of the best games of my uh, of my cowboy life that I remember. So I agree with you, Jim. I'd like to see that. How about you, Ian? Are you going to go to a bowl game this year? I expect a bowl game this year. I think I, at the start of the season, I said it was key at a minimal we needed to get to a bowl game so we have that momentum because again as gentlemen mentioned we're trying to build for towards something larger here and that would be the next step in the process and the mile marker on the way and to just go to a bowl game and be able to have that level to push us into the next level which coach bowl the staff uh, has us heading that direction right now so just to get to a bowl game but um, is key, and hopefully we're going to do more as the season goes forward. But to have a my favorite matchup would either be BYU or Colorado. I would like to play either of those two teams in a bowl game. Um, against, you know, two opponents there that I think get pretty excited about. Well, I tell you what, uh, one of the things about this Wyoming team that uh, really impresses me is uh, 
in my opinion, is uh, they're uh, in really good shape. Uh, they uh, they've come through the season so far with uh, minimal injuries. We've we've lost Granderson unfortunately, but uh, the team seems to be uh, in pretty good health, and uh, they seem to um, have gotten their act together um, uh, on the defense. Uh, so just going around the horn, what are the two things that you think's improved on this team, uh, Joe? Well, I still think you know we got to highlight Russell Dennison. I mean, I'm not that cl- I'm not close at all to the program, but it seems from looking from the outside in that that's the key piece that's been added in the off season. Because last year, I know we had the concussion issues last year, and that's always a little gimmicky. We had a lot of soft tissue stuff last year too. We're not seeing that this year, and we're also seeing bigger, stronger, faster guys. You know, the gains they made this year from over the summer compared to what they did the previous two summers under Duvall, I mean, it's just not even comparable. Uh, some of that's probably not a fair comparison, but I'm making it anyway, just because I, I, I think Dennison, with what he's brought to the table, just seeing it passing the eye test uh, is what's really changed the game for Wyoming. Uh, Jim? Well, the biggest thing I've seen is just a continued improvement of the program overall. And I've always taken the position that starts at the top. And I think everybody can sense I'm just a huge Coach Bull supporter. But that's because what I noticed at North Dakota State and then his arrival here in in Laramie, has none of that has changed. You see leadership. You see management. You see the outreach. And you see his personality stamp all over this program. And that is what I'm seeing. It's just a total how it's transcended what we have at Laramie now. And it just is so much more positive as a fan and as a supporter to you know be online with the Pokes. How about you, Tracy? Well, I mean, I agree with Jim. I think... Coach Bull has, has set a, uh, a mindset there, and I think the important thing that, that you have to, we have to look at, it, particularly I go back to, to the 60s and then the nightmare of the 70s where we had coaches for two years at a time. I know there was some frustration with some people that he didn't go out and get more JUCO kids, more transfer kids, but I think it underscores the fact, particularly at Coach Bull's age, he's not looking to get out of here quick. He didn't come to Wyoming to create a quick fix so he could get a better job. He came to Wyoming because he because he wanted to be here. And and he'd had other opportunities to leave and go other places. But when you when you go ahead and say, you know what, I'm gonna take my lumps, I'm gonna have twenty two freshmen on my two deep, I'm willing to do that, that means that you're not uh, you've got enough confidence in the long range that, that you're willing to push your way through it. And I think that's been important. But as far as an individual is concerned, I think Josh Allen has made the entire team better. He's made it better because He's, we haven't had a quarterback the last two years. And we have a guy now that can run, can throw the ball. So, therefore, he makes life easier for the offensive line and better for the running game because teams can't tee off on it. The other thing, we have possession of the ball. The defense isn't spending 40 out of 60 minutes on the field. And your defense, the more time your defense spends on the field, the worse it's going to be. I don't care how talented it is. If you make them spend all that time out there on the field, they're going to get tired. They're going to get worn down. So I think the defensive improvement, he has as much to do with it as any other part of the game. Ian? I think the gentleman made some good points about it. just the general improvement of the program across the board. I think defensively, the team looks looks faster, has more speed, more athleticism, and has been able to make some plays there that I think have really, you know, that's why we've had more touchdowns this year defensively and I think the speed on the defensive side of the football is actually uh, has improved quite a bit uh, since Bull arrived in this season you're really starting to see that come into fruition well you know I tell you go ahead um, I was going to say uh, you know success uh, does breed one problem that I see uh, and that is uh, we're getting better athletes and uh, a lot of uh, some of these athletes may not make it to their senior year because they're good enough to go to the next level. Uh, I guess that's kind of a um, 
a blessed curse. So what do you think? Is that, is that a problem for us uh, in the future? Well, that'd be a great problem, and uh, that's one of those problems you wish you have. And if we have that, that's great, because then there's going to be behind them that'll be just as good. So, uh, you know, to me, that is total win-win-win situation. And and if um, that, would, that would just be a fantastic, fantastic day for the program if we got to that point. How about you, Tracy? Well, I, I think that it's a, it's a bonus. I mean, if, if you have if you're bringing in players that consistently are wanting to go out go out early, that means you're bringing in really good players. And if if that starts to happen, that starts to draw attention of young players to want to come to Wyoming because they know they're going to be seen. They know they're going to have a chance to move on. Although I, I do think in the long run we're going to see fewer and fewer guys go out early because the reality is starting to set in that uh, there's no guarantees. I mean, you see Brett Smith back on campus mm-hmm. trying to finish his degree. Um, I mean, I have a lot of respect for the young man. I think he was a good player. But if he had stayed around for a senior year and played in a pro set offense, gotten bigger, gotten stronger, he might have had a little bit better chance than, than having to try to kick around the arena leagues. I think that was that was uh, an unfair because agents, it's a lie because they want you as your client. So they're going to they're gonna feed you a bunch of crap. And, and I think that happened to him. Yeah, well, the, my, my biggest worry is Brian Hill. Uh, he's having a, a, a really good season. He's got a career-breaking uh, season, and uh, I just wonder if uh, uh, he's going to make it to his senior year. Well, you know, running backs aren't high draft picks anymore, and he'll be one of about seven or eight premier potential premier-type running backs. So. You know, it just depends on, on how much the agent's going to try to uh, sway him and push him forward and how uh, realistic he wants to be about the situation. But uh, I don't I don't think you're going to find that many running backs go early, and, and I don't know that you'll have as good a class of running backs coming out any time in the near future as you're going to have this year. So for his good, he, he might be better off staying and being, the, being one of the elite guys two years from now as opposed to just one of the guys this year. How about you, Alan? Well, I think uh, when I look at it, is to be a successful program, you got to be talented right across the board. So if we are losing a couple players early to the NFL, I hope that doesn't define the future of our, our program. We like to watch Brian Hill run the football and some of these other guys. But if, if the coaches are doing what they need to be doing, which some of us are in suspicion that they are got this thing headed the right direction, that uh, losing a player or two is not going to have effect on the bigger, larger goal of the program. Well, I agree. Uh, it, it is a, it's a good, it's a good problem to have. Uh, I just, I felt really bad for Brett Smith. And uh, when he announced, uh, I had a, a bad feeling in the pit of my stomach from that m- moment on and it, it proved to be true. So I just hate to see a young man get sucked up in that and, and ruin a career. Uh, now, um, I think it was Derek Martin, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he just uh, finished his degree. Did I get the get that was the one? It was just mm-hmm. announced. So uh, I'm glad to see them come back and finish their degree. He's in, he's in one of those guys I think left early. Uh, but, he, but he did it. And you know, one thing that in the Berman regime is that when those kids come back, um, he the, the university uh, works ways to make sure they get their education. They don't just when they leave and they haven't gotten their degree, they don't just ignore them and, and pretend that they don't exist any longer. They they, uh, they help them, I, th- I believe, financially even uh, come back and get that because they feel like that's one of the things when they recruited a kid, they told them they were going to help him get an education. And they just they feel that obligation. I like that. I like that. You, you know, I actually hope this is Brian Hill's last year. I hate to say it, but he's given so much to the program. You know, I, I've met his mom and sat next to her at a game. can tell it's a good family. Yeah, you know, NFL running backs, they're trying to get to that second contract, and their careers are so short anyway. I think, to me, it, it Brian Hill looks like a no-brainer to make a roster, and then if he can get to that second contract a year sooner, you know, a lot of things would have to line up for him. But I think he's one, like Derek Martin, when we look back on it, you know, you could tell he was, he was NFL ready when he went out. I think Brian Hill's NFL ready. You know, Brett Smith uh, – he was not. He just wasn't. 
great guy, great player. I'll, I'll, I like him a lot, but he was not ready to go. So I, I, if, if Hill goes, I wish him all the best. I think it's probably a good move for him, even though it, it is a loaded draft for running backs. But I, I hope for his family's sake yeah, and for his long-term career, he gets out there as soon as he can. Well, you make a good point, especially a running back. They take so much punishment. And, uh, and uh, boy, you can get one of those kind of injuries, uh, especially a running back that uh, will affect your career and your uh, livelihood. So you really can't blame somebody like that if they've really got a decent shot that they go. But uh, yeah. Well, with as big as he is and as fast as he is, if he sticks around next year, he may accidentally murder somebody from CSU. <laughs> and I don't want to see that happen to him because he seems like a good kid. Yeah. <laughs> he, he already got that little DB pregnant, and so we're going to be dealing with that. But uh, I, I just want to see him get out of here safe and sound. Yeah, that's true. He, that, that one hit he laid on that kid uh, coming in that one run, boy, I tell you, he laid him flat out on his back, so – Let's not forget his number was number 18, that CSU uh, player, number 18. I don't recall his name, but I recall his number, number 18. We'll have to to put him on the Hall of Fame board there, just like uh, Austin uh, uh, Carter's, uh, um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Oh, now it just went blank. The one where he pushed that guy in the face as he was running by. Boy, that that was a classic. Well, gentlemen. Uh, yeah, ACS. Yeah. <laughs> well, gentlemen, I'm going to give you one more chance here. Uh, is there a topic that you're burning to talk about and we didn't cover? Uh, is there any last statements you'd like to make? Uh, let me start with you, Jim. Well, there's uh, number one, uh, Jeff. I really appreciate your efforts on this. I, like I mentioned to you earlier, I listen to it every Saturday morning. It makes my walk go just that much faster before I leave to go up to Laramie. So I really enjoyed your, your program. But we're going to have a great season, and it's been a lot of fun so far. So I uh, uh, just hope to see all of you at the next game. Tracy, any last thoughts? No, I'm just excited about where the program's headed and, and the growth uh, that we've seen this year and, and just the focus and the commitment I think this coaching staff has and the quality of players are bringing in. And, you know, it's unfortunate. I guess Jim's not going to get to listen to this this week because um, he's not coming to Laramie and because the, te- the team's playing in Reno. Well, uh, well <laughs> walk. He'll, he'll have been part of it too, so that's kind of ruining it for him uh, uh, for one thing. Uh, this will be the the major part of the uh, podcast number uh, ten. Joe, uh, uh, any sage uh, wisdom uh, from your side of the state? Well, you know, I have I've got a lot of thoughts to share on BYU that I'll do a, on a separate date on a <laughs> rated NC seventeen podcast. Okay. Uh, but with that said, you know, I'd say we all just need to. Enjoy the moment on this thing because college sports is such a pain in the ass. It just is. And these things go fast. And I think we all know the structural problems within college football and conference realignments. And you never know what Wyoming football looks like in five years or ten years. So every once in a while when we catch lightning in a bottle like this, I, I hope we all take the time to enjoy it, get our kids involved and, and get friends involved. Because this is when you hook people on the program. You know, I got hooked – Really, in '88, when we, you know, we were tenth in the country in football and fourth in the country in basketball, and I was coming over with my dad every week for games, and we got to do that now with our with our kids and our friends, because it's not always going to be like this. So I I hope everybody takes advantage of it, enjoys it, and uh, go pokes. Well, uh, Ian, uh, my partner in crime here for the podcast, uh, uh, you're up for the last comments. Anything you'd like to tell uh, Poke Nation? I think I agree with the gentleman. Again, I think they made some great points. Appreciate them being on the podcast, uh, talking about the Wyoming football team, and look forward to maybe having one of these and talking Wyoming basketball here in the near future. But yeah, I'm with you. Got to enjoy the moment. Uh, we had last couple of weeks have been really fun weeks. Going down to Fort Collins, winning that game. Uh, the Air Force win was great, um, and we have a potential with with the remaining games to really 
maybe have an exciting, really exciting football season leading into the bowl, bowl season. And um, I'm optimistic about where Coach Bowl has his program going. And um, hopefully um, it's not a you know lightning in a bottle situation. Hopefully this is a, maybe more of a long-term run for Wyoming football, something we haven't had in, in at least 20 years. Well, thank you, I And uh, I want to thank all of you, uh, Jim Inest from Parker, Colorado, Joe Milcheski from Cheyenne, uh, also Tracy Ringlesby from Cheyenne, and Ian down there from Denver. And uh, I'm Jeff Fry. I'm out here way out in uh, uh, Prince William County, Virginia. So <laughs> I'm a little far removed, but uh, this really helps me keep close to the program. And I, I want to thank you guys for doing this, and I hope we can do it again. Alrighty. Well, I look forward to it, Jeff, and uh, you need to go to bed because it's pretty late out there. Yeah, it is. It's past my bedtime for sure. All right. Well, thank you, gentlemen, and uh, let's do this again sometime. This has been a production of Go Y.O. Go podcast, uh, Go Y.O. Go message board, and it is a production of Jackalope Ridge Media, all rights reserved. There you have it. Go Ail Go Podcast number 10. I'm your host, Jeff Fry. We've been joined by Jim Inest, Joe Macheski, Tracy Ringlesby, and of course, Ian McMacken, the publisher of Go Ail Go. We'll see you this time next week. The Go Wild Go podcast is a production of Jackalope Ridge Media in cooperation with Go Wild Go podcast. We also give our thanks to Learfield Sports, the University of Wyoming, and Mr. Dave Walsh for their use of game tapes and other material. All rights reserved.